Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson. I've got with me my co-host and friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Great to be with you, man. Hey, Chris, I hear that you've just gotten back from a conference. What did you I go did. to? Uh, man, I went to uh, Sing 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, boy, did we sing. It was great. It is a, a great conference. I've been there three years before, the very first three years. Then we missed one year because of COVID. And then last year we didn't go, but a team from our church went this year. And so I kind of was disappointed that I didn't go and run into you and your pastor. But, well, that's how life goes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was it was great. It was the first time I'd ever been. It was definitely like drinking from a from a fire hydrant. Uh, uh, It was, it was great. I mean, I I was, I was, I I went into it blind. I'll say this and then we can move on. But I I went to that conference um, knowing what it is, but really purposely not researching a lot about how it was going to flow. Because I I like, I like the, uh, whether you call it organic or just the, (laughs) The surprise. I like being able to walk into the conference and and not know what's going to be happening in front of me, letting it just kind of unfold as it as it goes along. And uh, and it was great. I was surprised that the sessions were three hours, but uh, but it wasn't a bad surprise. It was a great surprise. <laughs> I mean, it was. Uh, now by day by day three, I was tired, very tired, bad, and I'm still tired. But yeah, it's a good tired, and uh, it was fun. A lot of music, a lot of theology. Uh, great time. Chris, it is the first of the school year, so I'm, I wanted to ask some questions about your school so our listeners can and learn a little bit more about where you teach. And so what crossed my mind the other day was, what sports do you guys offer? Well, we offer, we offer all the sports except for football, tennis, badminton, and <laughs> ping pong. We have cheerleading, but we don't really count that as a sport. So uh, if we just lost listeners, I'm sorry. But um, the kind of cheerleading that we have is not a sport. Let's just put it that okay. way. Okay. I, I, I think there I think there is a sport of cheerleading, but we don't have it. But anyway, so yeah, we have what we do have. We have golf. We have basketball, volleyball, baseball, softball. Okay. Um, and uh, we play in a conference that's based out of Oklahoma, and it allows us to also play. Um, even though we are a Christian school, it allows the AAA schools the uh, Athletic Association of Arkansas, the public schools, to to play against us as well. Um, we've always been able to play against them, but they haven't always been able to play against us because of just the the AAA rules. But right, um, right. we're in the last three years we've been able to do that, and so our competition has has expanded. Right, and we've we've gotten better as a result of that, and um, we've got several state titles in in this new Oklahoma conference across several sports, but. Yeah, so we've got several sports, uh, a lot of athletes. Uh, I coach golf. Uh, in fact, we have our first golf match today. Well, I know it's the fall, and so we're all thinking about high school football. 
Um, I'm excited. I get to announce at Lincoln High School again, the, uh, get involved with the community out there. But, you know, there is another school that I didn't really think about as sports when I was attending there, but now they seem to have just lots of things going for them. That's Central Baptist College. That's our podcast partner. They have soccer, volleyball, baseball, softball, basketball, and a few, oh, I think wrestling, a few other things. And so it's exciting to watch them expand. But if you have a student who's looking at their next steps on their vocational and educational journey, have them check out Central Baptist College in Conway. It's cbc.edu is where they can get more information. They can set up a time to meet with an admissions counselor. Uh, But perhaps you find yourself and needing to finish up that degree. They do offer some things for those that are the non-traditional student through their PACE program. And so if you find yourself there, we encourage you to check them out as well, cbc.edu. Well, they, also today- have, they also have, I'm sorry I interrupted you, Dan. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. They also have Gaga Ball. Gaga Ball. <laughs> gotta love Gaga Ball. Yeah. Someone got knocked out playing Gaga Ball at CBC one time. Well, there was a day. Now, they don't have college football there. It's a small school, so they don't have college football. But we used to play football behind the girls' dorm. And there were many injuries during those days. In fact, they finally did away with it altogether and made that area into a parking lot because too many people got hurt. Right. I thought I thought Christians could only play touch football. Well. Like two-hand touch. Yeah, we were playing touch, but it, it was aggressive touch football. So. <laughs> You got to let that aggression out after Greek class. We, oh man, yeah, totally. All so right. I only ended up in the hospital once because of that. So wow, yeah, the good old days. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about student leaders, and we have a special guest with us. His name is Brent Aiken. Brent is a veteran youth pastor and is the co-host of the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. He's been in student ministry for twelve years and loves to equip the next generation of leaders to be bold in their faith and relationship with Jesus. He's been married for 12 years to his wife, Lisa. They have three kids, and he likes to play golf when he gets a chance. Uh, Brent, it's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Brent, what town are you located in? Where do you serve? So I am at Wiley Methodist Church in Abilene, Texas. Abilene, a lot of people are like, what, like, where is that? Um, and it's pretty much, I always just say, like, if you threw a dart pretty much at, like, the middle of Texas, you'd be pretty close. And so Abilene is a town of about 140,000 people. Um, we have an Air Force base, uh, Dias Air Force Base, um, that keeps us uh, fairly going and active as a community. Um, and uh, it's a great place to be. We love it. Brent, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. I know that you serve with Russell Martin as your co-host on your podcast. Tell us a little bit about Student Ministry Conversations. Yeah, so Student Ministry Conversations was something that we started uh, back in April of 2021. Um, And we had this idea. um, We are both podcast listeners, uh, podcast fanatics. Our favorite podcast is actually shared. We both love the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, And so that was kind of our drive and model for how we decided to do ours. Um, and so basically our, the premise behind it is we believe most people have gone to the student ministry conferences where you're in the big room and you hear this great speaker and everything like that. But we've really come to the realization that the life changing moments or the ministry changing moments 
aren't the big name speakers on the big stage with thousands of people in the room. It's what happens afterwards where there's two or three youth pastors sitting in a hotel lobby after the conference is over for the night or getting a meal during their break or however that might seem. And it's those conversations of, hey, like this is the idea and how does it affect my ministry now? And so we just have different voices and we try to, uh, we're, we just released episode 70 today as of uh, September 8th. Um, and so we are excited to have that drop, but we have not had a recurring guest yet. And we are excited about that. Um, our, our goal was to do as many voices as possible. And we have had professors, we have had counselors, we have had teachers, youth pastors, pastors, everybody under the sun that you can think of um, on to talk about student ministry. Um, And because we feel like everybody has a voice and we can learn something from everybody. And that's kind of what we, uh, that's our drive behind what we do. We want to hear from as many people as we can. Um, And it's been a lot of fun in the process. Well, those conversations are so important. I know that we have a student ministry workers retreat coming up. And one of the great things about it is those times when youth pastors can spend some moments together um, just talking about the struggles, the difficulties, the successes, and to be able to share those. I mean, the speakers are great. We've got some great ones lined up for ours, our event, and we have some great breakout leaders, but I really love it when people can connect and then they've got, they know they're not alone. I mean, I think that's one of the big keys is knowing they're not alone. Yes. Well, Brent, you know, one of the things that we like to do as we get to know our guests is we ask a couple of couple of three questions, kind of ask everybody this because we think it's important. How did you come to faith in Jesus? Yeah. So my faith story is about, I used to say it's about as vanilla as they come. So I, I was born and raised into a Christian family. Uh, I, I went to church before I could walk and that was I used to think that that was something that was really, really like, a oh man, like I don't have a story at all. But in the grand scheme of things, I think what it happened, what caused things to happen was that growing into that, always being in church and always being around this faith of Christianity, it really allowed me to notice a change. And that change happened around, around the time I was sixth grade, seventh grade. And it was what I've kind of um, taken and started calling, um, and I got this out of a book, it's called Firsthand, but it's going from a secondhand faith to a firsthand faith. And so I would say that that moment of my, like me claiming my faith as my own and saying, hey, I'm tired of like, it's great that my youth pastor or my parents, like it's great that they have this faith, but I want it to be mine. That happened about the time that I was in sixth or seventh grade. I really started taking Jesus more than a character from Christianity that I had learned about my entire life and saying, hey, this if he really is who he says he is, like I, ha- I have to give him everything. Um, and so that was the, the moment, I believe, that was really just the change and the um, beginning of a multi-decade long journey now um, that I'm still looking forward to every day. Well, you mentioned sixth or seventh grade, and then you had the years that followed. Um, so who invested in you during your teenage years? 
Uh, so actually, I, uh, I I had a great youth pastor. Um, our our church at the time started youth in seventh grade, and so I had already kind of gotten into the beginning stages of making that decision for myself. Um, and so we had a bunch of teachers at our church that uh, kind of cycled through the fifth and sixth grade group. Um, and they were pretty pivotal. My parents have always been pretty pivotal in my faith. But then I had a youth pastor that really kind of hit and drove it home. Uh, he was my youth pastor from seventh grade till the end of my sophomore year of high school. Um, he's still one of my best friends. I actually had him on my podcast as a guest just here maybe a month, month and a half ago, um, which was really, really cool. I would say he's one of the instrumental people um, that kind of challenged me to look beyond myself and look towards other people. Um, and start to live that active, the active life of being selfless towards others. And I, th- I think a lot of it goes to him and my parents um, and just family in general. You know, I love honoring those type of guys that invested in us. What's his name? Blake Durham. Yeah. And like I said, he is a, uh, he is a recent episode on mine, but yeah, it was, it was a, such a, such a kick to have him on my show and kind of almost full circle of like me interviewing him of talking about student ministry because he's a he's an associate pastor now but he's the associate pastor at a church that doesn't have a youth pastor so he's back in youth ministry right um (laughs) and uh it's it's been fun the the next question it's a it's an important one because it's one that many of the guys listening many of those that are involved in student ministry have have stepped through why student ministry why did you choose to go that route? So uh, back to kind of that junior high experience um, of life as we all have lived. Such a fun and awkward time. Um, but during junior high, one of the big things that happened was I was out at camp. We go to Camp Butman, um, which is right outside of Abilene. It's about 30 minutes away. And I went there as a camper myself. um, And now I direct one of the camps out there. And I was out there one summer between my seventh and eighth grade year of junior high. And I felt God calling me into ministry and student ministry specifically. Um, And that goes once again, kind of back into Blake um, being there and being an opportunity for me to have someone to talk to as far as that goes uh, of like, what does that look like? How can I do this? And he's actually the person that um, led me to my first job in student ministry. And so I had just gotten married May of 2010. And, uh, about a month before I got married, he was like, hey, I know uh, I was a sophomore, ending my sophomore year of college. And he was like, hey, I know you want to do youth ministry. He was like, uh, there's this position that just opened up at this church. He was like, it's actually the church that I started youth ministry at too. Um, he was like, they're super, super gracious. They, are, they, they know that they normally go after young youth pastors and they are a very, very equipping and uplifting and building church. And uh, so I applied and... Uh, long story short, got the job. Um, and that was my start for ministry The just about, like like I said, about 12 years ago. Today, we're going to talk about student leaders, those young people in our church that um, may be taking on an additional role. So as we begin this conversation, Brent, I'd love for you to tell us what you define as a student leader. So um, I, I definitely see student leadership as something outside of a position or a role that within the program. I, I know a lot of people do classify student leadership as like a team 
that is within the youth ministry or stuff like that. But I see any and every student being able to be a leader in some capacity. Um, and so the challenge really becomes what is their leadership capability? Where does it need to be implemented? And how can we best go about doing that? Um, and sometimes students are receptive to it. Um, sometimes students are kind of hesitant and they're just kind of straddling the fence and they just need the push um, to get them over the fence. Um, and there's you just have to kind of be aware of that situation. But I think all students can be leaders. And it's our job just to figure out how and where and why. Well, before we kind of dive into those concepts, Chris, what does student leadership look like in your group? As far as a formal leadership program or anything like that. We don't have, we don't have that. I would say that in our church, um, we have, uh, across just different ministries, a good intentionality of bringing students up and training them in the different areas that we see them gifted and, and talented. Right. So, um, that, that manifests itself pretty clearly in our, uh, in our praise band and our worship team, we have we have students that are are talented and gifted that way, and we so we create opportunities for them to be able to to lead um, in those in those ways. So, for instance, uh, just just to keep the conversation kind of pointed in that direction, um, we have you know within our student ministry these we have guys who um, who are tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade. They've been playing together for a while. They lead in that regard. But then I, I've I've started helping or giving them avenues to lead in, in other places as well in terms of small groups and things like that. But um, they're, they're very gifted musicians. They, um, they want to, to lead in that way as well. So they have certain roles on Sunday morning that they, they do on our stage. But then uh, whenever we have corporate worship on Sunday nights, they, they actually lead the worship service. So that's a, an opportunity for them to to plan um, and to and to lead the congregation in, in worship that way. So uh, apart from that, uh, we we try to integrate them into production side of things. Mm, you know, yeah. there's running slideshows. Uh, we're, we're beginning to uh, record our our Sunday morning sermons for podcast and for for YouTube. And so there's editing and all that kind of thing. So like just handing off responsibility that way, finding finding places that kids are are interested in, um, and have a little bit of, of gifting, but, but, you know, I want to use that word carefully because I don't want to, to imply that you have to be gifted in something in order to serve in something. Um, right. I, I think, I think there's some, some training and some, uh, a part on our, you know, something on our part to be able to hand off opportunities to, to those who maybe don't even know that they want that particular opportunity, but to open the door for them. So that's a little bit of how we do it. Um, in a nutshell. Well, in previous churches, I have been more old school because, you know, I, I know I'm the old man in this conversation, uh, but we did have a youth council. <laughs> Even the word is old, I know. But uh, it was a, a team of students to where I would once a quarter ask them to teach. Once a quarter, they would just completely lead. They would serve in different capacities. So it's kind of that that pushing. It was a little bit more formalized than than what you're referring to, Brent. But I think there's great value in what you're talking about, finding out the capacity of those students. And so let's let's kind of start with with that. What what would you see is the great value in helping students become stronger leaders? 
Well, I think I think ultimately that's what we are called to do as student pastors. Um, we're called to make them take their faith and live it firsthand. And I think anybody that lives their faith firsthand is going to step out. And so with that, I, I do believe that there are great opportunities to where, um, and just like Chris said, we do have very much the same kind of avenues. We have a lot of, uh, we have a student worship team that is primarily student led outside of an adult or two. And then most of the students that are in our worship team for youth are also on our praise team for Sunday mornings. We have a volunteer praise team that is like 20, 25 people strong. And it's like a rotation of like four different praise teams. And so they have opportunities to serve there. And like, uh, like Chris kind of touched on as well, I think the importance of like pushing them out is you have to find what they're passionate about first. And if you find their passion, most of the time, if you tell them, hey, you can take this passion and like do it in more than you're doing now, a lot of them are going to be like, uh, okay, like that sounds cool. <laughs> like especially with especially with instruments and music, it it kind of gets easier. Uh, but then you have others that are like, "Hey, I want to be a teacher when I grow up." It's like, well, that's great. Why don't we like get you started? Or, "Hey, I want to be a youth pastor." Like I have a few kids in my group right now that have told me like they feel called into youth ministry. It's like that's awesome. Like we're gonna hit the ground running. Like I'm not gonna let you just idly sleep through your high school years. Like this is opportunity for you to have formal training um, and we're going to give you opportunities to live out and lead out your faith. And I think it's a really, really cool opportunity when you see that happen. We had a one of the girls that feels called into ministry had the opportunity to lead another kid to Jesus this summer, which was like hands down the highlight of my summer because I got to watch it firsthand. Like I was in the room when she did it and it was so cool. But it's one of those things that like when you give them opportunities to practice leading, when the opportunity arises for them to step up and take that lead role, they're going to jump on it. And she'll tell you that she was nervous in that time. And she, I caught eyes with her as the salvation conversation was coming. I looked at her and she was like, I knew from the moment you looked at me and locked eyes with me that you were going to ask me to do it. And I was like, yes, I was. I was like, but it's one of those things like you set the expectation and they know it. And if they have already begun that process of like developing their leadership under you or whoever's leading them, most of the time they'll step up and they'll arise to the challenge. So Chris, how do you prompt some of that leadership to go on at, at Garrett Memorial? Well, Dan, I want to, I want to take two steps back and just first say sure. that, man, I, I'm not great at this. Um, I, that, that I, that I'm learning, um, kind of what this should look like and, and how to hand off these different opportunities. Uh, and so I, I would probably first say that where I have, where I have felt like I have done well, um, in the past, again, not on a, again, I'm trying to get better at this, but the times where I would look back and say, you know what, that worked well, were also the times where I, I planned well. Mm. So, you know, leadership, handing off leadership and handing off responsibility and, and all, all of that, like, and, and giving, you know, what we're saying, you know, we keep saying this, this phrase, which is a good one, I think, uh, creating avenues, right. Creating pathways for leadership. Like that doesn't just happen. And, and it certainly won't just happen if, if all we do is just let Wednesday after Wednesday, um, or Sunday after Sunday, just sneak up on us. And then we're rushing to, 
get everything done in the last minute. Um, and, and we've all been there, right? We, we can all still get there. Uh, the, 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 the days don't slow down. Um, things are always moving and Wednesday or Sunday is always coming. And so I, I just say all that to say like, you know, those who are listening, you know, I don't think any, any of us right now talking, the three of us would admit that we're perfect at this, um, that we're, we are growing, we are learning at this, but it's something you have to plan for. Um, and so when you plan your services, your worship meetings, your worship gatherings, your small groups, when you plan them accordingly and, and you allow yourself time to then sit back and say, okay, here's what's going on. And then just think through the question, where can students enter into this and lead, right? Um, and so where I'm trying to get better is like scripture reading. And, and, and on a Wednesday night, uh, we, can, we can quickly sing a couple of songs, meet preach, um, and then sing another song, and then we call it done, right? Well, what if, I, what if I just asked one of those guys on the stage, or I got another student, and I said, hey, let's just read these two verses at this point before I preach or before this or during this song or something like that. In other words, just take, take one little step, right? And it's not, it's not like they had to memorize anything. It's just they have to step up and they have to read a scripture text. That would just be one example of where you could enter into. I mean, that's a leadership role, right, in terms mm-hmm. of what's going yeah. on. But again, that happens when good planning happens. And then, so to answer your question now, where 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 are we doing this? That that's one way where I'm trying to do this is trying to lead students to step out a little bit more. And we're actually in a brand new semester now, so this is all fresh and new and, and things that we're we're trying and doing. But I would say, you know, most recently for us in the summer, we always do a mission trip, and on that particular mission trip, we're helping with VBS and stuff like that. And so I'm taking kind of, uh, if I can use this phrase, cream of the crop. You know, uh, it's not a it's not a camp. It's not a, you know, a big conference. I mean, this mission trip is has a very specific goal in mind when we go. And so the kids that are going, I have higher expectations for them and they know that. And then I prepare them beforehand. Say, hey, we're going to get into situations and don't be surprised if I just say, hey, you you do this. And so they like like Brent said, you know, kind of giving them that expectation, okay, this could be coming anytime, right? Um, and then handing that off to them in the moment. So, I mean, it might be as simple as, hey, we, we've got to lead these three-year-olds in a, in a game. Step up, lead, lead them in a game, <laughs> you know? And that's, that's, that's intimidating when you're leading three-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> but, hey, can uh, I speak into that for a second? Them. I would yes. say the other thing with that is it's an adaptive process. Um, mm. Don't be afraid to fail, Um, because it's going to happen. Um, you're going to, you're going to throw out and be like, Hey, why don't you lead us in this? And they're like, Nope. And it's like, uh, (laughs) all right, well, uh, you then like, I mean, it's going to happen. And so with that, I think you have to, I, I think a lot of times we fear failure, especially with like finding your rhythm and finding how you can do student leadership. Well, you have to be able to fail and like use it as a learning experience and move on. Um, and I think sometimes people are so scared of that failure that they never try things. Um, and it allows them to miss out on some tremendously powerful moments of leadership or whatever else you're doing because you don't want someone to say no or anything like that. And I mean, it's life. People are going to say no. I've had it happen multiple times where I've been like, all right, hey, so-and-so is going to lead us in prayer. And they're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, well, uh, next week, next week. You're, yeah, like just kind of 
brush it off and move on. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's when you. And, and by the way, all the you guys listen. Like when a kid says no, like you just kick them out of the youth group and you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's so good, Brent. Thank you. I mean, I, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, but it's so true. I mean, we are. We're, we're afraid. Like I, I think you know, in in our failure, we're afraid that we're going to. Um, potentially embarrass a kid and then they'll just, they'll just stop altogether, you know? Um, and we, we, like, we have to be careful with that. We have to know our, our kids. Like we don't just randomly, you know, force somebody into a situation that, you know, like I, I, like I'm thinking right now, I've got, I've got at least five kids that if, if I called on them to, to pray in a group, you know, especially in a big group, they probably wouldn't show back up, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, like that's, to me, that's something that, Okay, I want to lead them to where I can call them to pray. I want to I want to encourage them and exhort them, and um, but but I'm not going to just throw them in the deep end uh, in that way. But yeah, man, don't be afraid to fail. That's good. All right, Dan, take it over, man. I'm talking too much. <laughs> hey, Brent, you mentioned the word failure. We talked about don't be afraid to fail. I know that there is some potential potential issues. Um, some when you put students in those leadership roles. So what are some of those potential problems that you might run into? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's always the unscripted probability that uh, students going to get nervous and go off script of what you think they're going to do. And I think, like Chris said, a lot of that can be um, kind of preventative, preventatively put out um, beforehand with planning. Um, if you have a student that you know is going to be nervous when you put them up in front, like give them a script to follow. Um, mm-hmm. So they are literally just reading off of a paper. Or um, another thing is we've had a student get up and we've had we've oh, <laughs> we've had students get up and say the completely opposite of what I told them to say. Um, we've had students get up and just like deer in headlights freeze. And like we've had to like physically like pick them up and like take them off the stage kind of <laughs> just because I'm like, they're, they're frozen in fear. And it's one of those things. It's like, you want to, you want to do public speaking for a career and like, you can't stand in front of 20 high schoolers right now. Like we, we got to work on this. And so, um, the other side of it is, um, I think this is kind of unavoidable, but you're also going to have, and this is kind of one of the big reasons that we kind of, I used to have the, uh, as you said, traditional leadership style of like having the youth council and everything like that. And when I started, I had a youth council. I had this team that I would devote time and effort into like having them do specific parts. They helped me play in the calendar. Um, We met once a quarter or kind of thing like that. And it was something that was really, really good. But one of the things that stopped me was the inclusivity of it because it was like a, it was like an extra group that was like just for the, the, the lack of a better word, more spiritual kids or whatever. Um, And it, it took, it started this kind of segregation in our program of like, these are the select chosen and these are the kids that aren't. And it was like, uh, I don't want that at all. Like, and so it was like, instead we don't have a student leadership team, but I'm going to call on kids to be leaders. And so with that, sometimes, um, you also come into the nature of the rather childish, but they are in, they are still children. The, well, they, they got to do that. Why, why didn't I get to do that? It's like, well, you didn't tell me you wanted to do this at all. Like, They've been talking with me for six months about how they want to step up and do these things. 
And like, you've just been sitting there quiet. I mean, if you want to do it, that's fine. But occasionally you get some hurt feelings to where they weren't involved as much as this person or especially in sibling groups. I find it more Mm. than anything else. It's like, well, well, you loved my older sibling more than me kind of thing like that. You let them do this, 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 and this. It's like, well, your older sibling told me that she wanted to be a youth pastor. I don't know what you want to do. Like you haven't had that conversation with me. Um, now, like if that's something you want to do, like I'm, I'm, I'm open to like giving you more roles and responsibilities, but like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you're going to be a youth pastor. Like uh, it's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak into what you already kind of feel God calling in your life. And so, yeah, I, I think there are definitely some pitfalls and some things that can be prevented and can't be prevented just because some kids don't talk at all. Um, and then they just get upset over the most random little things. And it's like, I, you didn't tell me at all. Like, Well, Brent, you did mention it. They are still children. Yes, they are. <laughs> and so there's going to be times that they're going to really excel. They're going to grow in those experiences. And then other times they're going to fall flat on their face. They're going to have to be picked up and taken off of a stage physically. You know, th- that's just how life goes. Hopefully you're serving at a church and not just you, Brent, but all of us uh, that we're serving at churches that allow for that sort of failure, for that type of mistakes and goof ups and a realization that that we are still dealing with children because when we can invest in them um, during those years, it is a powerful, powerful thing. I, I think about my own story of how I had some adults who invested in me. My my parents weren't in church during those years. Um, it was a small little church and they gave me little things to do and I grew in my faith. Yeah, Brent, you know, just to kind of a follow-up to failure, how, how do you see, once a, if a student does fail, like, so let's take the student, you say, you know, I got to move them off the stage because they just froze up, that kind of thing. They, they obviously wanted to get up there. They wanted to help. They wanted to lead, but then it didn't go so well, sure. right? So where does review, like where does the, the kind of the after action review come into play in terms of then helping the student recover to, to pursue leading again, right? Yeah. What does that look like for you guys? That's a great question. Um, and I think it very much depends on the context of where they're set to lead. For instance, uh, um, a lot of times what we do is our, our kind of service looks like we'll start with three songs. Um, and then I'll have a student come up and pray as we transition and we split, we split high school, seventh and eighth grade and sixth grade. Um, and we kind of have them all go their separate ways. Normally we have a student that comes and prays before we split or a student that comes and prays before we start worship. And so if it is one of those things to where like they come up to pray before we start worship, it's not something cause I, I play guitar in our band because we don't have an acoustic guitarist right now. And it's one of those things I can't stop the service in order to go be the cheerleader for them at that moment. But it's one of those things that you need to communicate with your volunteers well. Um, Mm -hmm. And you need to communicate and have a plan of action with your volunteers so that when they do face that disappointment and they start kind of walking with their tail between their legs off of the front of the room, a volunteer needs to engage that immediately and just Mm -hmm. be like, oh man, like you did so great. Like just, I mean, absolutely be their best cheerleader, encourage the fire out of them and be like, it's okay next time. Like, and then it needs to come later. And this is kind of where I step in 
a lot of times of a, hey, you know, so here was the plan. This is what happened. Why? Hmm. And just give them an opportunity to process what they actually experienced. Give them an opportunity to process how they actually encountered that situation, what they faced in that situation. Because, I mean, we can assume all we want, but we could get up there and be like, oh, well, yeah, you were just scared. Like, it's okay. No big deal. And he's like, oh, no. Like, I got up in front of stage and I remembered that I have a math test tomorrow that I failed my last one. And like, it's just like, oh, well, you weren't scared at all. Like, you literally just had one of those thoughts that like froze you in time of like, oh, no, like, I'm going to die. Like, um, yeah. And so you really have to kind of communicate, 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 and don't be the only cheerleader that they see. Um, foster a mentality and a focus within your group to where multiple people are praising the leaders and just everybody where it's a a opportunity or a community of encouragement to where when someone succeeds or when someone fails, everybody's there to pick them up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the volunteers especially take lead role in that. No, that's, that's so good. You know, and like, you know, part of our, I mean, one of our jobs, I mean, is we're, we're shepherding our kids, right? We're leading them. And we've talked a lot about it on, on our podcast, just in terms of, you know, we believe that we are partnering with parents, right? We're not taking the place of, yes. you know, so in overall discipleship, we're, we're kind of keeping our our finger to the pulse of the kids, so to speak, you know, and, you know, you can put a kid up in in front and they can freeze, they can fail if we want to use that word that way, right? They can do all that, but then some like really succeed. And, you know, I think in those ways, sometimes we think, well, we don't need to do kind of a, a review with them. We don't really need to encourage them or, or check in with them. Cause I mean, they did a great job. They, you know, they, they did good, but I I think we can fall into that trap. Uh, But just to, just to encourage people out there, like, we're also need to be on the lookout for, for pride, right? Thinking that I can do this and nobody else can't or that kind of thing. And so, yeah, what, what would you say to that, Brent? It, it's not necessarily, and I, I totally agree with that. And I would, um, I don't think it's necessarily where you don't follow up on the highs. Uh, I think just follow up also looks differently. A yeah. lot of times follow up when someone kills it for me is just like, a huge high five or a big hug. And it's just like, man, that was so great. Like you did such a great job. And like, we leave it at that or talking about partnering with parents. A lot of times I'll take it to the parents and I'll try to do it in front of them too, to where I'll be like, Oh man, like he, he led prayer today and it was amazing. Like, hands down, probably the best of this year kind of thing like that. And I mean, of course you live it up and like you over amplify it a little bit because that moment right there, especially when you're bragging in front of their parents, which I mean, let's be honest, we, uh, uh, any parent in here or listening to this podcast, we don't always get to hear that. Oh man, your kid's amazing. A lot of times we hear that. Well, your kid did this. Like (laughs) a lot of times, a lot of times it's just as much ministry to the parents when you tell them about how their kids are absolutely just being amazing. Yeah. Um, as it is for the kids. And so the parents need to hear that too. Um, whether it's a text or an email yeah. or you catch them after service, doing your best to include them That's in right. that avenue is super, super important. That's good. That's so good. And just a little side note there too. Like if, uh, if you notice like pride starting to creep up within students, a, a good way to, uh, to fight against that is to, uh, is to host a dodgeball night and have the local fire fighters come in as a team and, um, it really humbles people quickly in that regard. So anyway, 
Yeah. Dan, that's my transition back to you. That's that's a wonderful transition. All the things you guys do and hope, you know. <laughs> hey, Brent, this has uh, been a great conversation about student leadership. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could take from this. I think it's important that we, man, that we encourage our student volunteers, uh, those other adults that are serving with us to be those cheerleaders. I love that piece. I love this, uh, this idea of following up and just having that conversation. Don't be afraid of it. Uh, but if they don't know what went wrong or you don't know what went wrong, there's not an opportunity to, to build on it and help them to get better in that process. Brent, as we wrap up though, is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation? I would say just basically your leadership opportunities in your group is just going to be as good as your observation. Um, Mm. You have to be willing to look into kids' lives and see what they're good at and what they aren't good at. Or you need to be having those conversations if you aren't. If you have a kid that's passionate about playing flute, then by all means, get them up on stage during worship and let them have a flute solo and a worship song or whatever. I mean, like allow their skill and their passion to be something that they can use in a way that glorifies God. And that's pretty much across the board. I mean, there's there's hardly any passions that you can't find a way to creatively use them as an opportunity for them to step up and lead others. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, with that being said, there are a few. So be selective with how you... <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if you have a kid that like their skill is picking boogers and flicking them across the room, I don't think that that's probably the best skill to put up in front as far as a leadership role. But find ways to encourage and edify the people that are around you. And then, like you said just a second ago, Dan, speak... Though, like You need to communicate with your leaders and they need to know the game plan long before it's happening. Mm, um, yeah. They need yeah. to have a process and a method of like, hey, if A happens, then B happens, then C happens, then D happens. If D gets to this situation, then we go here, kind of thing like that. They need a followable plan of action for these situations. And so they need to know, hey, if this kid goes great, y'all need to jump up. Y'all need to step in and celebrate them like crazy. Or if it goes bad, one of y'all pull them aside and be like, oh, man, like you were so great. And just use that opportunity for encouragement. But uh, it's really it. You hear the expression all of the time. uh, It takes a village like your leaders need to be the village around these kids. Chris, what else you got for for Brent today? Brent, I think this will be a quick question. How do you, and just just speak into this, when you see potential in kids, but they don't necessarily see it in themselves, and they're just content with just kind of staying in the in the background, right? Yeah. You know, part of our job is to is to try to draw them out, right? You know, in terms of uh, if we want to use the example of, of lifting weights, right? Nobody's ever not gonna nobody's gonna get any stronger if you don't ever push yourself outside of what's comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, just, just speak into that. Like how, how, when we see kids who have potential, they're not comfortable, but I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. We're drawing them out of that comfort yeah, and moving them into, uh, new areas that maybe they don't even see for themselves. Sure. How do we do that? And how, why is that important? Uh, it, it's super important for the fact of they're not going to use it as an opportunity for leadership if they aren't being spoken into that it's there. And so they're going to overlook it completely or they might be like, oh, I'm just terrible at this, so I'm never going to do it. And it's like, no, you're amazing at this. Like you're, you are so hard on yourself. Like this is one of the best and one of the biggest highlights of who you are and you're like belittling it to an extreme. And so 
speak into it as much and as often as you can. But the other thing that I would encourage is have multiple people speak into it. Um, because a lot of times we get to where kind of we are the Charlie, like the teacher from Charlie Brown's voice where it's like, wah, 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 wah. And kids kind of lose sight and lose focus of, oh, well, yeah, it's your job to like be nice and stuff like that. But yeah. like when you do a group activity, uh, and this is one we've done in the past where like literally um, we did this for some of our leadership uh, students that are in leadership. Um, we had everybody write their name on a paper and like they were supposed to put their name right smack dab center of the paper and then they passed it to the person to the left and the person to the left spent like a minute writing things down that stood out about that person like leader great uh, sibling role model whatever and like so it was just one word like descriptions of like what they saw in that person and it passed around the entire room and so by the time you get back to that person they see their name but then they see tons of things that are written about who they are and what they're what they're called into and it's one of those things i've had this multiple times happen now to where like a kid will just kind of be taken aback by that and it's like well hey well, i mean what what's wrong and they're like no one, no one's ever called me a leader before. And it's just one of those moments. So it's like, it's the light bulb moment of like, could that actually be me? Is that a, is that something that can actually happen? And the light bulb has to flick before you can really start to stoke the flame. Uh, but once that, once that light bulb moment happens, then you have pretty much all authority to like push and push and push and like encourage and put, uh, add fuel to the fire to the point to where they can very, very much take off with it. Well, Brent, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. If somebody wants to reach out to you or to find out more about your podcast, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So uh, if you want to check out our podcast, like we said, it's studentministryconversations.org. Um, that's our website. Or you can find us at Talk Student Men on all of the social media channels. Um, we have we do video format for our podcast as of our second season. And so all of our episodes, you can see the actual conversation happen. Um, and so we po we do those on YouTube and then they're also on the website. But if you just want to listen to the audio, we're on all the podcasting platforms. Um, and then if you want to talk to me specifically um, on Facebook or Instagram, it's at Hey Brent Aiken, B-R-E-N-T-A-I-K-E-N. And it's uh, pretty easy. And I'd love to talk to anybody and everybody that wants to. Um, and Dan and Chris, I'd love to have y'all on our show as well. So we, I'd love to make that happen. That'd be yeah, great. That'd be cool. That'd be great. Well, Brent, again, thank you for being on the podcast. And and student leaders, um, they're an important part of your ministry as you seek to help your students become what God wants them to be. Help them to grow, help them to be that next generation of leaders in the church. And so it's vital that we help them grow. And so we're going to keep serving. We're going to keep loving on our students. We're going to keep caring about them and help pulling out those leadership characteristics. Why? Well, we do all of these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.